0: Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 11, verse 1 through verse 4. Then we're going to go to verse 34 through verse 44. John chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Very familiar passage to all of us in this room. But I believe God wants to speak to this church today in a very special way. I'm asking you to open your heart, open your mind, open your spirit to the Lord, and let God speak to you this morning. I don't know where you are in your walk with God. I don't know where you are in your walk in life. God wants to speak to you wherever you may find yourself this morning. John chapter 11, verse 1 through verse 4. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Go down to verse 34. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. The shortest verse in the Bible, verse 35, said, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again groaned and himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone." Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, and I love these final words, Loose him and let him go loose him and let him go i hear the lord saying in this room today <clears throat> to the enemy on behalf of many people <clears throat> throughout this room this morning loose them and let them go <clears throat> loose him and let him go loose her and let him, uh, let her go loose them and let them go I want, to pray, I want to share with you for a few moments this morning after a moment of prayer on this thought. The freedom generation. The freedom generation. Father, I ask you now, Lord, to anoint this word today, Lord as I bring it before your people I ask you Lord to anoint me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ Lord in a very special and a very unique way today and I pray that you'll prepare the heart and the life of every person to be open to be surrendered God to your purpose and to your plan God that your word will speak into them Lord and that life will come to them that joy will come to them that peace will come to them that power will come to them this morning and i pray when this service is concluded Father that that every life will be touched in some way that ones will be saved that those will be healed and they will be delivered and they will be released but I pray this morning that every person will leave with the peace of God that every person will leave Lord knowing your mercy and knowing your grace and knowing your goodness in their life and Father for this I give you all thanks I give you all praise and all honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to turn around and just look at the person beside you and say, I sure do love you, and I'm glad you're here. Amen. I sure do love you, and I'm glad you're here. The Freedom Generation. Now, I know that sounds a little bit different this morning, but if you'll hear me out, I believe you'll understand it by the time we finish here this morning. In this passage of Scripture that I read to you, Lazarus, his condition and his resurrection is so powerful because it reminds us of something that we have stood upon so many times and we have quoted and we have stated many times, and it is this, that it is not over till God says it's over. It is not finished until God says, is finished. It doesn't matter how gloomy it looks. It doesn't matter how dead it is. It doesn't matter how over it seems. It's not over until God is finished. It reminds us that God can do anything. How many times have we heard that statement and how many times has it been quoted to us or it's been preached to us? But do we really believe it? And I'm going to preach to me as much as everybody in this room right here. Do we really believe it? Because if we believe God can do anything, we can see miracles all the time in our life. The things that we have so impossible over the years could be an automatic in our life if we really believe that statement. It reminds us that man's impossibilities are God's opportunities. What's impossible for you is an opportunity for God to do something very real. The word here comes to Jesus when we read in the passage. Lazarus is sick. He has died. But I want you to notice something very specific in this passage. The Bible said that Jesus waited two days to go. Word comes to him, and he could have left immediately. He could have gone then, but he waited two days to go. It could just have easily been 12 years, like it was with the woman with the issue of blood. Or it could have been 38 years, like the man at the pool of Bethesda. But the point here is this. It doesn't matter how long it has been. It doesn't matter how wrong it is. It doesn't matter how strong it is. It is all the same to Jesus. Time does not matter when it comes to those things. It doesn't matter how over it seems to us. It's not over with God. It's the same power that heals a headache. Is the same power power that drives cancer out of a cancer-inflicted body. What are you saying, Pastor? It is all the same to Jesus. After two days, Jesus said this. In other words, I'm going to change it just a little. I'm not changing the word, but just word it a little different for a moment. You can hear Jesus saying after two days, let's go wake him up. Let's go wake him up. And I like the way it states it there because, listen to this, what Jesus was saying is he's asleep. Jesus is letting them know up front he's asleep. He ain't dead. Let's go wake him up. He's asleep. I'm going to wake him up. We're going to see him again. And I want to say to someone in this room, maybe you're in this house today and you need to know your case is not too hard for Jesus. You see, in this moment, Mary and Martha, they're, they're all burdened and they're all heavy laden because they think it's over. They don't know what to do. They don't know what's going on. But here, Jesus is letting them understand it's nothing to me. In other words, he was saying, "When we, in other words, when I get there, everything's going to change. But I want you to listen to this. You may be in a place in your life right now that you feel like you can't get out of. You may be in a place in your life right now that you think things are never going to be different for you. You think things are never going to get right in your life again. Because you feel like it's been a long time since things have been in order in your life. But God sent me by to tell you, there is nothing too hard for God to do in your life. What you have to do is just keep believing and keep trusting and keep holding on to God. Another thing this word reveals to us is this. It's never too late when it concerns the Lord. I want to say that again. It's never too late when it concerns the Lord. Never give up, never quit Never stop praying, never stop praising Never stop confessing Never stop believing God You have to keep believing You have to keep pressing in And I want you to hear this this morning You're closer than you think You are closer than you think This word reveals to us Sometimes God delays in answering our prayers Have you ever stopped and thought about that one? How many times has it happened in your life? You prayed about something, you believed God for something, and it just never seems to happen. Delay after delay after delay after delay. But listen to this. Sometimes God will delay his answers. Why? So God alone gets all of the glory. So God alone will get all of the praise. So God alone will get the glory that he deserves. Now, when you go back to this, you understand Lazarus represents here a hopeless cause. He represents a hopeless situation. It's an irreversible situation, a condition beyond repair, that which has gone beyond the hope of return that that seems inevitable if you will, that which from all natural evidence is dead and it is buried. But I want you to hear this. That is what it meant when they rolled the stone across the door. It meant it was over. When they rolled the stone in front of Lazarus' tomb, it meant it was over. It meant it was past. It meant it was decided. It meant it what it is is what it is. It meant it is never going to change. But I want you to understand something. There's no stone in your life that God cannot move. I don't care what the devil's told you. When he says it's over, it is what it is. It's not going to change. That's a lie that has been belched up out of hell because as long as God is on the throne and Jesus is on the right hand of the Father and the Holy Ghost is moving throughout this earth, there is hope for your life. You can, listen, you cannot refer to the message of Lazarus and end at the tomb. Did you hear that? You cannot refer to the message of Lazarus and end at the tomb. Why? Because the whole message of Lazarus is one of redemption, it is one of resurrection, it is one of healing, it is one of wholeness, it is one of deliverance. That's the message of Lazarus. And at the voice of Jesus, the end becomes a new beginning. Where death had reigned, life begins again. But I want you to notice what it said. At the voice of Jesus. If anybody else that day had told Lazarus to come up, he'd still be there. If anybody else had spoken those words, he'd still be there. But at the voice of Jesus Christ. At the voice of Jesus Christ. And David, can you only imagine when Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth, all of a sudden Rodney... Oh, wouldn't it have been something to have been in that room and hear the... To hear that gasp of breath when it comes back into his body. I want you to understand something this morning. The message to, and, and this is very important, we're talking about the freedom generation. And I believe that's where we are in the day in which we're living in. Jesus wants to bring life. He wants to bring a new beginning to those that will receive it. That is the message to this Generation, that is the message to the generation in which we're living in. What is it? God is not finished with you. And I want every person in this room to hear this. God is not finished with you. You may be bound. You may feel dead spiritually. You may feel like you've been beyond hope. But at the sound of His voice, the dead will rise up. At the sound of His voice, you will rise up spiritually. At the sound of His voice, you will come to attention. And God wanted me to say it again. God is not finished with you yet. I'll give Him a hand in here. God's not finished with you. God's not finished with where you are. This generation. And we're talking about the freedom generation. Listen, and the reason why I titled it this way, I feel like that's what God is trying to do in this late hour. Bring freedom to this generation. Bring new life to this generation. Bring hope where it seemed hopeless. Bring, bring a way out where it seemed like there was no way. But you have to understand where we're living at right now, there's many people believe that this generation is unreachable. They believe this generation cannot be changed. They believe that things will never be different. But I declare to you this morning, this generation is not unreachable. This generation is not beyond the hope of God. It is not beyond the reach of the hand of the Lord. No matter what we may believe, no matter what the enemy may say, this generation is not unreachable. And I want to say this while I'm here. You are not beyond hope. I wrote that in big bold letters here. You are not beyond hope. I want you to turn around and look at your neighbor and say it boldly to them. You are not beyond hope. Now what you don't know is you don't know who you just spoke life into. You don't know who it is that walked in this room that might have been contemplating suicide when they left this service today because they felt like they had nothing else to live for. Are you listening to me? Some people may think, well, Pastor, that wouldn't happen here. Oh, yes, it can. And you don't know who it is in this very room today that walked in here under that kind of burden, under that kind of load in their life. But you just spoke life over them and you made them understand that they are not beyond hope. And I want to say this while out here. God loves you and you mean something to God. You are the apple of His eye and He cherishes you. He cherishes you. He cherishes who you are. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could love ourselves the way God loves us? Think about that one for a minute. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could love ourselves the way God loves us? Now let me go a little further from that statement, you are not beyond hope. Have you ever made the statement, if only I could restart my life, if only I could start over? You ever made that statement? Probably everybody in this room has made it sometime or another. But I want you to know there's a way of restarting your life. There's a way for a new beginning. There's a way for a do-over, if you want to use it that way. In 2 Corinthians five seventeen, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When you, when you accept Jesus Christ and He comes into your life, you are a new creation. There is nothing about you except maybe the way you look that's the same anymore. You're a new creation. You're a new person. The old you has died away. What an amazing promise that is that our past does not have to define us. And I want to say this while I'm here. Your past does not have to define you. I don't care how deep in sin you've gone before. I don't care where life had taken you before. God sent me by to tell you, you do not have to be defined by who you used to be and what you used to be. What you are defined by is who you are now in Christ Jesus. I hope somebody's hearing me this morning, and I hope you're listening well. Just because you were abused does not mean you have to always be a victim. Are you listening to me this morning? Here's one. Just because you compromised and lost your virginity doesn't mean you always have to live in impurity. Think about it. What are you trying to say, Pastor? The devil makes us think that if we messed up somewhere in life or we failed someplace in life that we're never going to get beyond it and we can't find a way out. But I want to stop and tell you, you may have lost some things in your life along the way that dirtied you up and corrupted you, but the moment the blood of Jesus Christ came into your life, you became a new creation. He made you pure again. He made you holy again. He made you beautiful again. I said he made you beautiful again. Look over at your neighbor and say you're beautiful. I don't care what they look like on the outside. Tell them they're beautiful. I'm teasing with you. Just because, somebody better hear this one. Just because you have a reputation of being a rebel... doesn't mean you have to continue down that path. What are you saying? Sometimes this happens to people who've had a walk with God, they've had a relationship with God, and somewhere along the way they drifted away from the Lord and they begin to walk in a rebellious spirit. You know why? Because they drifted from God and they're miserable. They drifted from God and they're miserable and they try to make everybody else around them miserable. Because they know they're supposed to be walking in God. They know they're supposed to be living for the Lord. They know there's a calling on their life. They know there's a purpose on their life. They know God has a plan designed for their life. And they know they're not fulfilling it. And they know they're not doing it. And they know they're not carrying it out. And they are miserable. And because they're miserable, they want to make everybody else miserable. But let me just stop and tell you, just because you have a reputation of being a rebel doesn't mean you've got to continue to walk in that path. The love of God can fill your life and fill your soul again. And the peace of God that passes all understanding can control who you are. I'm just going to continue on. Maybe your attitude's been off. Maybe your attitude has been off. Listen, your attitude is very important. If at, and I've used this before in this church, and I'm going to use it again today. If your attitude stinks, it makes you stink. That's a tough one, isn't it? If your attitude's rotten, it makes you rotten. But if your attitude is good, it makes you look good. If your attitude is good, it makes you good. It makes you a good person. Oh, and I hope you're hearing this morning. Many times people see your attitude more than they see you. Amen? They see your attitude more than they see you. Your attitude can make all the difference in how things turn out in your life, good or bad. Then, maybe your behavior, your actions are off. Actions speak louder than words. We're still talking about that freedom generation. We can talk the talk, but if we're not walking our belief with what we do, our words are empty. We may talk the talk, but if our actions do not carry out what we believe, then our words are empty. James 2 and 20. The Living Bible said it this way. Faith that that does not result in good deeds is not real faith. James 2 and 20 NIV. Faith without deeds is useless. James 2 and 20. in new King James. Faith without works is dead. Point blank. You have to believe in God, but believing in God is not enough. I'm talking to some people in this room this morning. Believing in God's not enough. Real faith begins with real action. Just because you believe it, it's not enough. You got to carry out what you believe. You got to live out what you believe. You got to stand on what you believe. Listen, everybody falls short. I want somebody in this room to hear this. Everybody falls short. The reality is we are human beings and we mess up sometimes. I remember when one guy said it this way, he said, we're messed up. I didn't use that term this morning. But we mess up. We make mistakes. Until we reach heaven, we're, uh, we're not without failure, but that's not an excuse not to try to live your best. That's no excuse not to try to do right. So let me say to somebody, if you want to start fresh, if you want your life to change, if you want things to be different, then you, just like Lazarus, you must hear the voice of Jesus. You may have wondered where we were going to bring this back in at, but I want you to listen very closely to it. Everything I just said to you, if that's you, and you want things to change in your life, then like Lazarus, you got to hear the voice of Jesus. And I will say to you and I will declare to you, He is speaking and He is talking to you. All you have to do is hear. All you have to do is listen. In John 5:25, Good News Version says it like this. I'm telling you the truth. The time is coming. The time has already come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear it will come to life. The dead will hear the voice of God, and those that hear it will come to life. The New King James Version said it this way, and those who hear will live. You know what he's saying? All you got to do is listen, because he is speaking, he is talking, he's speaking into your life. All you got to do is listen, and when you listen to the Lord, you will live. When you listen to the Lord, you will come alive. When Lazarus heard the voice of Jesus, he was resurrected. Everything about him changed when Jesus just simply said, Lazarus, come forth. And I want to speak to this generation. When this generation that we're living in now hears the voice of Jesus Christ, they will also be resurrected if they will hear the voice and obey the call of God. Amen? If they will hear the voice and obey the call of God. Amen. Now, I want to say something to the church right here. And it's going to be a little different, but I want you to hear it. This freedom generation, the hour in which we're living in now, those who may co- start coming into our church, those who may start becoming a part of our church, they may look and act completely different than what we're used to. Now, I'm going to preach to us. Listen to me. They may look and they may act totally different than what we're used to. But the church has got to be ready to loose them and let them follow the Lord. What do you mean? We have to have enough love and compassion of Christ to look past whatever kind of past they may have had and equip them for the destiny that God has for their life. I'll give him a hand there. We got to look right past their yesterday. We got to look past their past and where they came from and where they've been and let God equip them for their future. Why? Because if the church is not able to do this, as far as making a difference in the world is concerned, the church will be irrelevant. If we can't do that, Ken Clark, the church will be irrelevant. But I'm glad to say to you, how many are glad that the church is still relevant in this day? What do you mean, Pastor? Somebody held on to God. Somebody kept praying. Somebody kept confessing the promise of God. Somebody kept believing the Lord. And that makes the church relevant. We're still believing. We're still holding on. We're still trusting. We're still looking somebody I'm talking to right now in this room, you're just like Lazarus. You may feel dead in your mess. We'll slow it down just a minute. You may feel dead in your mess. But I got it in bold letters. But God. Somebody hear me, TJ, may be dead in their mess. But God, what do you mean? But God did not write you off. You may be in a mess right now but God did not write you off. Some of you might have been angry. Some of you might have been fornicators. Some of you might have been alcoholics. Some of you might have been drug addicts. You might have did everything you could to roll the stone in front of the door but God stepped in on your behalf and he brought you out of where you are or where you were and he brought you to where you are and he changed everything about your life. I love those two words Rodney. But God doesn't matter who, where, or what you are but God changes everything. God loves you too much to give up on you. Somebody hear me? Here's a big one for you. God loves you when you hated yourself and you hated everybody around you. In there. God loves you too much to give up on you. He loved you when you hated yourself. He loved you when you hated everybody. But He loved you regardless. He came right into the, your mess. And I'm going to tell you something God's not afraid of your mess. It ain't too dirty. I know that's not popular English. But it ain't too dirty. It's not too far out there. It's not so far away that God won't come to you. He's not afraid of your mess. God, listen, mess does not stop God's love. Mess will not stop the power of God in your life. And someone may be in a mess right now. Maybe you feel like you've gone too far. Maybe you feel like you've done too much. Maybe you feel like you can never be saved. Maybe you feel like you can never be free. But that's why this example is given in the Word of God. Why? To show you the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ in your life. That's why this word is given to show you the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. What do you mean? To show you that his love and power is greater than any stone that sin has ever rolled into your life. His love is greater than any stone sin has rolled into your life. God, is listen, in his love will come to you right where you are. God in his mercy will come to you right where you are. So often we think to ourselves, well, I can't find God. God sent me by to tell you this morning, He's here for you. He sent me by to tell you this morning, He is here for you. Come on, Colin, if you will. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter the place in which you find yourself. God is here for you. And I'm closing with this, and I want everyone in this room to hear it. The Holy Spirit will come to you and make you a part of this freedom generation that He is raising up. He will come to you where you find yourself, and He will make you a part of this freedom generation that He is raising up. But let me just stop and tell you, God loves you too much to leave you where you are. I've said that to you before, but I'm going to say it to you again. God loves you too much to leave you where you are. And I'm going to say this, and it may not make sense to nobody in this room, but no matter how close to God you are in your life right now, God loves you too much to leave you where you are. He's going to keep pulling you. He's going to keep tugging on your spirit. He's going to keep tugging on your heart. He's going to keep tugging on your soul. He's going to keep working on you. Doesn't matter where you are. The Spirit of God will come to you. And He wants to make you a part of this freedom generation. you got to hear this. If you're hearing the call of God, stand to your feet all across this room. If you're hearing the call of God this morning, if you're hearing the plea of the Spirit of the Lord, if you're hearing the cry of the Spirit stirring in your heart, if you hear Him crying out to you this morning, I want you to understand something. You are in a very unique moment in your life. I said this in the beginning part of this service, and I'm going to say it again here. God came into this place through the power of the Holy Spirit today because He loves you. He came into this room because He cares about you. He came into this house because He cares about where you are. I'm going to tell you what I feel. This is not what I have here, but I'm going to tell you what I feel. There are people that came into this house today that you didn't realize you were in the place you're in. You didn't know you were in the place you're in. You didn't realize it until you got here today. You didn't realize it until the Spirit of the Lord moved. But I don't you to understand something it doesn't mean you're in a bad place. But you may be in a place in your life that you did not know you were in. But today God has opened your eyes and He made you realize, He made you understand and He made you see some things differently. And He made you realize there's a place in Him you need to step into. There's a calling upon your life. There's a purpose for your life. There's a plan for your life. There's a design for your life. You may be in this room, you may be lost. You may be in this room, you may be away from God. You may be in this room wrestling with the will of God for your life. You may be wrestling with the call of God. You may be wrestling with God's purpose. You may be sick in your body and you're wrestling with believing God to heal you. Your family may be in turmoil and you're standing in the gap trying to make up the hedge. Are you listening to me? Your life may feel like it's in shambles. And you came into this place today and you didn't really realize where you were. But God's opened your eyes and God's let you see clearly. Father, I ask you now to do what I cannot do to do what others cannot do. I ask you now, Lord. I ask you to move upon the heart and the soul of every man, woman, boy, girl in this room. How often, God, we've given all the calls in this building. We've talked about sickness. We've talked about being lost. We've talked about all manner of things. And how many times we've seen people come. how many times we've seen them remain. But today, God, this is not about a man's altar call. Today, this is about a drawing of your spirit. Today, this is about a wooing of the Holy Ghost. This is about a wooing of the spirit of God. I'm asking you right now, Lord, to speak into every life. And I pray that you will draw that man, woman, boy, or girl who is in desperate need of you. God, that you will draw them near to you today. That one who feels hopeless, that one who feels desperate, that one who feels destitute in their life. God, draw them near to you today. Father, I ask it in the name of Jesus.